Arkansas. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. Stacy, uh, I see you just have a middle finger pointed at me, and you're facing, not pointing, smiling <laughs> facetiously at me. You enjoying that? I'm enjoying American Pilsner from Four Hands Brewing Company, all American beer. Well, you're an all-American boy. Melanie, how you doing? I'm well. How are you, Nolan? I'm doing all right. Uh, what are you drinking today? This might be the first time on the show that I've ever drank just a beer with you guys. I remember um, my first beer. Yeah, when was your first beer? When I was, like, way little. It was probably, like, a Milwaukee's Best. Start them off strong. Probably room temperature or hot. Nolan, what was your first Taste of beer. Probably. Hmm. You don't I, remember your first no, beer. No, well, not 100%. It, it might have been like a a family member giving me a taste of one at a ball game, like when I was a teenager. Just a sip, mm-hmm. you know? So funny, I almost fell off my dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I don't remember my first beer. And no one in my family drinks beer. My dad will occasionally do a Corona with lime in it, but he doesn't really like it. He's a weird guy. <laughs> He loves a strawberry daiquiri. He likes fruity. He likes lots of yeah. garnish on it. So what are you drinking? I'm drinking Lindman's. Uh, I have peach and then I have a strawberry. Lambic beer. Uh, it's not all American. It's Belgium. It's from Belgium. Mm, either way. It... Very juicy. Very sweet. A juicy peach. I could eat a peach for hours. Hours, hours. Count it. Josh Brolin smashing peaches in a bowl. <laughs> Nolan, what are you drinking? All right, so I got, I got a couple: a sour key lime Bel Air sour from Brooklyn Brewery. If if we go two beers deep here, I've got a hard seltzer from Mother's uh, Brewing Company here from our hometown, and they do a good job with stuff. This is a cherry lime limeade. I'm sorry, hard seltzer. We're talking about going too deep. I've also got an Urban said. Chestnut Brewing Company Urban Underdog American Lager. From the great uh, city of St. Louis. Too bad you couldn't find any beers from Cleveland. Yeah, I looked. I don't like triers. I like doers. Mm. We should probably just stop recording. That's true. We'll see everybody in two weeks. Shut up. <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, I've uh, I've watched some th- stuff. I've read some stuff. I will start by saying I'm uh, reading a lovely book right now called Goodbye Dragon Inn. It's by uh, a film critic I very much revere, uh, Nick Pinkerton, and it's about the movie called Goodbye Dragon Inn, directed by Simon Lang from the early 2000s, I believe. If nobody's seen the movie, you should. And uh, this is a compa- companion book, and uh, it's. Great, I'm about halfway through it, so really enjoying that right now. As far as things I've watched uh, recently, HBO documentary series called Q Into the Storm. I almost started that. Yeah, I, I watched this just le- like over the last couple of days. Man, it's very, 
interesting documentary about QAnon. It's uh, it, it's in six parts, so it's six one-hour episodes. Uh, you can stream it uh, on any HBO device, whether you have HBO Max. Or and they're all Go out. Or, yeah, all of them are out now. And uh, basically, it's uh, just about how QAnon uh, began and the people behind who run QAnon, but also who uh, are the runners of uh, the message board website that allows QAnon to post on their board. And they are some of the most, not trying to be mean, I'll just say ridiculous human beings. Two of them in particular, there's a son and a, and a father that ultimately uh, run the site. And there's heavy speculation about uh, if one or both of them are Q. For anybody who's <laughs> unaware, QAnon is it's a far-right um, entity who calls himself Q. On, or Anon, however you want to say it, are anonymous users. Um, so they are the people that Q is talking to. I didn't know much about. I the thing is, I I know what the word is. I know what the group is. No, I agree. Who I think there's probably a lot of people mm-hmm. who don't really know what it is. Isn't the whole thing? It's based around like this person that claims to be Q, who's like an insider to like government secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he he posts things that uh, uh, saying that this is what his intel is telling him, and basically telling. Uh, his getting followers, his people, there. getting the truth out. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the the biggest thing I took from this in a lot of ways is the people that are following this. They're not following belief or group. They're following someone's words. That is absolute a, a ridiculous human being. It it's someone who doesn't know what the I don't know how to say it politely. So I'm I'm gonna stop. I'm just. Is it like I'm not uh, doing a very good job explaining it? But anybody should watch it because I think it uh, it gives great insight and it, it's a fascinating documentary. That is a cue into the storm, directed by and written by and basically done everything by Colin Hoback, I believe is his name. And uh, anyway, again, I, I would suggest anybody who has access to HBO check it out. One other thing I would like to mention real quick is. I watched a uh, John Ford film, 1960, uh, Sergeant Rutledge, which I had never seen before, and really, really liked it a lot, and would highly recommend that as well. It's streaming on Criterion's uh, channel right now, uh, under the Black Westerns uh, collection. Uh, As with any John Ford film I've seen, it's a masterpiece. I think, like, I haven't seen a Ford film that I don't consider a masterpiece. So, anyway, that's what I've been up to a little bit. Yeah, Stacy? Watch... The Snyder Cut of Justice League. It's slightly better than the theatrical cut. It's still got a lot of the same problems the theatrical cut has. I mean, I guess, like, this was better than his other two superhero movies, but I still don't think this is a good movie. I don't think I'm going to revisit it ever, because it's four hours long. I don't think I'd revisit it if it was, like, two and a half hours long, honestly. Norm, did you like it? Uh, not not particularly. I did watch it. Uh, I I have no context of the. I didn't watch the original cut. Neither did I. I didn't mind the first two hours. Uh, I was somewhat engaged. Uh, but at about that halfway point, I started losing a bit of steam, and I don't know. As things built, I just uh, I found myself less interested. You weren't done with uh, Mother's Box. <laughs> it helped if. It was, some of my issues with these movies, I'm not a comic book reader. Um, I, I don't know anything about other than what's presented to me on the screen. Mm-hmm. So 
a lot of this stuff I, I don't fully comprehend, and I don't think he does a very good job maybe helping the layman in some of these terms. As Here's here's one. Well, I think it's because I don't think he's a fan of comics. So. Sure, and I, I get that. My One of my frustrations, uh, there's a scene towards the middle of the movie, uh, and it's 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 quite a uh, emotional scene. I, I found it like a very nice scene in the movie is where we have Lois Lane and we have Martha. Martha. Yeah, you know the scene I'm talking about. And they have a nice moment where Martha comes to visit her in her apartment. Lois is grieving. They're both kind of dealing both, with their grief. Yeah, losing dealing heart. with loss. And uh, she comes to comfort her and, and just basically tells her, you know, maybe you should try to start living your life again. Um, and But in a, in a kind way. It, it, it's a nice scene. It, it's shot very well. Like, And once uh, she leaves the apartment... Uh, Diane we, Lane, Martha. Yeah, Diane Lane's character. Martha becomes Marsha. Yeah, we we find and. out that that was not her. It it was a some alien being, and I had no clue who this character was. I won't give a spoiler because I'm sure there's plenty of people that haven't seen it. But the character comes into play again towards the end of the movie. It's kind of a boring looking movie as far as the color palette goes. I, I wasn't very fond of just the. The blandness uh, of the look. The oppressing darkness. Yeah. I do have a question for you. In the beginning, one, we have to admit, all of us, the wintry Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Best he's ever looked. Here for it. Beard, big yeah. coat. Looked amazing. Yeah. Dad bought Affleck is like, he was looking good. He looked so good. So, Nolan, whenever Momoa, whenever mm-hmm. Aquaman removes his shirt. Yeah. One, where is he getting all these sweaters and Fair shirts? Question. Because he takes them off to get in, but he leaves his pants on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Absolutely. Also, would you sniff his sweater as the lady did? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. If it was there on the ground, one, it's a nice sweater. You should pick it up and take it I out. would take it up and I would I would wear it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I probably would smell it as far as like if he hadn't just like, if I knew he wasn't like just in for like a deep swim or mm-hmm. had like nasty fish smell on him, but of like, maybe I'd it's, smell it. It was pretty it. It's like, cold there. Yeah. If, I, you if would ha- smell his See what, what kind of cologne he's got going yeah. on, or, you know, what, what's happening. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, I'd be into it a lot. I would cut that. Okay. In fact, I would cut many scenes <laughs> like this to make it a shorter film. No, that's fair, but it made me laugh. <laughs> Them singing mm-hmm. gothic, like, just, I don't know. Get it all out of here. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I don't. It was so weird. No, I'm not saying I liked I, the movie overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, this version of the movie would never ever have been released in theaters. He got lucky because HBO needed programming for their streaming platform. This is before they knew that they couldn't put movies in theaters, so they didn't have because that plan was announced later. Like all the 2021 release or 2021 releases being put um, on the streaming platform. So they, they're desperate for, like, new content. But that's, like, the only reason this thing got done. It's like, this is a slightly better version of a bad movie. One, when it does go into the grief stuff, I, I find it working well because of context of what he was going through. And obviously, not just me, uh, a lot of people have dealt with grief over the last year. Mm-hmm. And that hits on a personal level. So I think when it goes into some of that stuff, uh, I think the movie works best. And I wish it 
But also, like, what, you're, what you're saying with that Martha and Lois right. thing, it's immediately taken mm-hmm. away taken, whenever absolutely. you realize it's not Martha. Yeah. And with, with that being said, at the same time, while I embrace that, that stuff and wish it went into that more, it's also a movie that takes itself way too seriously at the same time. I, I did not, no intentional bit of laughter to be found or jokes to be had. When when something takes itself a little too seriously, I have issues with that. Well, personally. and when something's taking itself so seriously and then there's a line that the mother box right. can tell, mm-hmm. I it's can talking smell about it on you. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Steppenwolf just looks goofy in general. Indeed. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I'll just say is uh, with Zack Snyder, uh, this is a, a personal thing. I get frustrated with him because uh, in, in, all, in all his movies... I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead in many years, so I won't comment on that one. I don't remember it very well. I like that movie a, a lot. Movie. So I will not say if I like it or not. In all of his movies that I that I can say this, I don't think he's made a good movie, but there are things I like about a lot of his movies. Like, I see the talent, but he gets in his way too often. And that is a bummer for someone that I think has talent. Kind of following up on our last show, do you guys want to talk about Godzilla vs. Kong for a little bit? So, I'm going to... Here's the thing. Um, you hated this I'm movie. not going to have very many good things to say, so I won't... I, I might let you guys do most of the talking. I'm just going to say I did not like it very much, so I'm not going to did be... Did you uh, like it more or less than the last one? I liked it slightly more than the last one. I, Why did you hate it so bad? I I, I was bored. Um, I found... I, I didn't care about anything that was happening on the screen. Sure. And... The, f- I I still find found the 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 battle between Kong and Godzilla. I, I found I personally found them very cartoonish and not shot as well as I would have personally liked. Um, right. So I again I I don't want to be just like a person that's just gonna shit the whole time on this. So I just personally did not. You didn't like the neon. I didn't enjoy it. I did not like the last film. I feel like we talked a little bit about that in the last episode, but Godzilla King of the Monsters. There's a moment in that trailer, Mothra with the wings and the waterfall is beautiful. Oh yeah, that trailer is cool. I think the first film in this series is the best. Yeah, I think we are that close. Real quick, just wanted to let you guys and the audience know this key lime Brooklyn sour is quite delicious. I like Skull Island more mm-hmm. than Nolan, not as much as you, Stacey. I do like it. I think John C. Riley is hilarious in it. He's I love a good that time character. in it, absolutely. Yeah. Love that character. Uh, Samuel Jackson, I don't love his character in that. He's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. He really hates Kong a whole lot. I do like the look of Kong in that film and this one. I don't know. I thought it was okay. It was better than the last one, but I did like the neon fight. I'm a sucker for neons anyways. <laughs> It there it was probably a little too long. I don't shut things off, and I was considering it after those first forty five minutes. I was like, maybe this just isn't for me. Maybe this series isn't for me. That's the way I felt. I have mixed feelings about it. But then after that, it picked up for me. Obviously, like sure, sure. Here's the thing: there are lots of blockbusters that you have to wait to get to the good stuff. Transformers three. So I thought like the first forty five minutes of this movie sucks. It's pretty bad. The story's really dumb. Like, the story might be dumber than the last movie, but I like the fights. Like, I think the boat fight's okay. I think the neon fight's cool. I think that the special guest that runs down the ramp at the end, oh my god. <laughs> I, I, can we say what it is? 
Is that a spoiler? Everybody that wants to see this movie will have seen it by the time that this comes out, right? Well, we'll just say this... Spoiler tag. But also, so spoiler from this point on, we were right in our assumptions. I think a lot of people were assuming that this was what it was anyways, but... Yeah, Mechagodzilla looks like ass yeah. in this movie. I don't like the design of it. What did you think of it? Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> I mean, it looked I just, really looked small really and stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I like the fight up until that point. I I think my biggest problem is I just... I I found nothing interesting in the images. I, I Like, you mentioned Transformers 3. I'll just say, like... That I was think just a I know joke and jab. I know you were. But, but it is I've, a very have, long time in that film. It does, before and you it's get two it. hours before you get to the good shit. And here's what I'm going to say about that is this is a matter of preference, right? Right. For for you guys, obviously you hate that stuff. For me, I realize how dumb it is, but I also have a more tolerance for base humor than a lot of people. I laugh at the stupidity, and I know that's a personal thing where most people are like Turn this the hell off. And I get that absolutely. But it but also was worth it for the last for Bay, for that yeah. for me, for that movie, that last hour for me is some of the best action I've ever witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> and Godzilla, I found the action uh, less than sufficient. I feel like the first film is definitely of the American ones is the best. I will say, for someone who has seen every single Godzilla film. This isn't the worst. No. Like, this is better than some of the Showa-era films. Like, this is better than a few of the Millennium-era films. I, I will rewatch this. Ultimately, I you know, I liked it. I'll oh, probably own I, it because I own every Godzilla movie. I would watch this over uh, the last one. Which like, I rewatched I, the last one. And I think it's, there's more to rewatch in this. It's than alright. There's some funny moments, but... Ugh. Honestly, I'm just ready for, like, I don't care if Warner Brothers or whoever the fuck makes another one of these. I'm like, ready that's for fine. I want yeah, more... I want the reboot to come up. You I'm know, ready they're, for more. They're not doing Shin Godzilla 2. They're doing, like, a like a shared universe thing, which was basically what the Showa era was. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I'm ready for that. Yeah. Melanie, what have you been up to? Well, I've been doing a lot of prep for an upcoming episode, so I'm not going to talk about the stuff I've been watching or reading for that, because mm -hmm. we'll cover that extensively. <clears throat> uh, that should be our next episode that we're doing. So, a lot of work going into that, and I'll tell you right now, it is probably going to be a long episode or a two-parter. It might be our first two-parter ever. I don't know. I'll just have to see how it comes out in editing. But before I went into all of this prep work, I was going on a journey of all the Sylvester Stallone films. Randomly, I decided that I just wanted to watch all of the Sylvester Stallone films that I had never seen and then rewatch things that had been a while. Nolan, have mm. you ever seen Assassins? I have not. The Wachowskis wrote the script for it. Richard Donner directed it. Banderas is really good in the film. It's the same year that Desperado came out. Mm -hmm. It's a nice one-two punch for Antonio. I think you'd like it. He's very, mm -hmm. he's out of his mind and he is highly likable, but he is killing a shit ton of people. Alright. Just innocence. Just, just random. Them all out. Just, yeah, just uh -huh. random, literally random people on the street. It's very funny. Sorry to interrupt. Nolan, you're new to Rambo. Like, yes. What, cause I, uh, you I watched just, the fourth one. Did you watch it in theaters with us? I watched the fourth one in theaters. That was the first Rambo movie I'd ever seen. And the first one I just watched a few months ago. Yeah. For the okay. first time. 
So we kind of had a similar path where I watched, I'd seen the first one a long, long time ago. And then I have seen the second one the most. And then I hadn't seen the third one. I saw the fourth one. Okay. So I, mainly it was the second and the fourth one for me. Yeah. That I had seen that I okay. remembered. Do you guys? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I love the series, but it's odd to me. What did you think? Going from watching mm-hmm. the last one, which is an incredibly violent movie, yeah. mm-hmm. to watching the first one, which yeah. is a very, it's much quieter and sure. somber. It's a very different movie. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It uh, deals a lot with the trauma of It, it does. Uh, I, I loved that first movie. What do you think of his speech at the end? It's, I really love it. It's great. Like, I think his performance is wonderful. Yeah. You know, it. I, I could see where, where maybe... Someone could have issue with it or, or saying like, too big. he went for it there, man. But you know what? In the context of the film, it works. And I felt his emotion. And yeah, it, it worked for me. I, I was like, go Sylvester. In the book. Work it. Rambo the, kills himself no, during that scene. Yeah. The book, okay. he's like a a psychopath. Should... Should we save extensive thoughts on this for later? Because we're probably going to do an episode on Rambo. Yeah, we'll we'll hold it. But I just want to... I will say, in all of my Sylvester Stallone research, and I'm not joking when I say this, he's been up in plenty of bad films. Sure. Very funny, ridiculous mm-hmm. action comedies, all of that. I do think he is a master at turning in the understated performance. Mm-hmm. That Rambo speech, he's... He is really going for it, but the rest of the film, he is so quiet. Yep. He does not talk that much. He just, That's true. It, you know, yeah. kills the shit out of people in a forest, and it looks awesome. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like, the first 45 <laughs> minutes of that movie are, are just great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it, the, the speech, it works for me. He sells it for me because he's so quiet the rest of the time and so intense, but it's just this understated, uh, just... It, I mean, he's brooding for sure, but right. it's a quiet angst. And then he goes into that speech and it's so raw. And it, it almost, it's like you, how you get secondhand embarrassment where almost something is like, it's too much. It's not because it's it's cringy or anything. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Someone's unraveling. Yeah. Is uh is Brian Dennehy, is he the... Yeah, he's main, the villain. Okay, he's the villain. I, I, I really enjoy him in that movie as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him and Richard Carina, who plays Colonel Trotman. Trotman's and, so freaking good. Like, I... Two and three are silly American fun films. Yeah. Like, two is kind of a message movie. Three is weird and fun because of, like, the sociopolitical dynamics with, like, how the world is now versus, you know, 1988, Rambo's teaming up with Al-Qaeda yeah. to fight the Russians. Nice. I think these films are so cool because, like, I love video games, and these movies had such an influence on video games. Well, and it's like clear. Metal Gear, yeah, like that whole series is basically Rambo with science fiction anime. Well, he shit. even has like the headband, and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, in those like, games. It, so I, you know, I'm a sucker for these films. You guys ready to get into the film today? Yes. Here's the thing: uh, we're all baseball fans here at Cinema Parlor. Am I? I don't know this will be surprising you've definitely talked about basketball before but yeah. i don't know if if it's known that we are 
very into sports, each one of us. Didn't we record a Moneyball episode? Did that, did that ever even come out? No, but we did record a Bull Durham episode. Yes, that I think that was... Did the Bull Durham one come out? I feel like that was the lost episodes. Right? Okay. You might be right. I, I mean, you're the editor. Didn't we so do I, Moneyball? I don't... But the thing is, I edited everything. Those episodes just never got released. Okay. It was before the show So launched. we did do it. No, we never did a Moneyball episode. We, we may have talked about I it. I swear just I watched fucking Moneyball to get ready for an episode. Ass. Hard F. Well, here's a good movie. I have actually, I have not seen Money. If we did, I don't recall because I haven't seen Moneyball since the theater. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't have because I maybe you're recording solo on that one. Oh, I know what it is. Top five baseball movies. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Possible. So I rewatched a bunch of baseball films. That is true. That's probably because that's you probably you guys hadn't seen like the natural. Like there are like yeah. things big films. I still that... haven't seen the natural. Yeah. For a lot of our older episodes, we did used to like do kind of like list things once in a while for when we watch a movie to like parrot. So I lo- like we talk about lost episodes. It wasn't. It was very few episodes. It wasn't that many. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're baseball fans here. Uh, we live in the Midwest. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're all Cardinals fans here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a hated team by many, so if you hate them out there, I'm sorry. We are what we are. But uh, over the last uh, week, baseball has started, and we thought uh, we would ring in uh, the opening festivities. Uh, festivities. We already uh, dated the episode. No, I'm sorry. You know they're gonna know. They'll figure it out. They're gonna know. I, f- I figured. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd bring in the baseball year with a baseball movie to discuss. And that discussion is on Major League. Harry Doyle here welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you in our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. Don't you have any proven Major League talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. You want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. My only disappointment is that we're not covering Major League 2. I'm disappointed in that as well. We'll You chose it! (laughs) Well, we would have had to watch Major League 2 and also would have had to hear about you just complaining about basically it. just shitting on me and Nolan for like, an hour we're over here trying to have a good time you're upset whatever <laughs> not all right mad well it'll be a future episode if you can't tell like, Nolan and I are fans maybe we'll do a major league two and then major league back to the minors that will feature oh, okay not the third one oh, how about that all right so 1989's major league directed by David S. Ward a comedy with bats and balls. When Rachel Phelps inherits the Cleveland Indians from her deceased husband, she's determined to move the team to a warmer climate. But only a losing season will make that possible, which should be easy given the misfits she's hired. Rachel is sure her dream will come true, but she underestimates their will to succeed. Thought I would give a shout out to some of our cast members here. We have Tom Berenger as Jake Taylor, Charlie Sheen as Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn, Corbin Burnson, Roger Dorn, Margaret Witten as Rachel Phelps, 
James Gammon as Lou Brown, Rene Russo as Lynn Wells, Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes, Chelsea Ross as Eddie Harris. Should I name any others? Did you say Dorn Corbin, Corbin Bernstein? I did. Open your ears, son. Haysbert as Pedro Serrano. Serrano's oh, and of course, uh, Bob Euchre as Harry Doyle. David S. Ward. Yeah. Let's hear so about before it. this, yep. famously wrote the screenplay for The Sting, one of the big 1970 films. I, I think everybody you, loves that fucking movie. Have you seen that film? Yeah, it's really okay, good. good. <laughs> uh, Sorry to disappoint. Why can't I think Quint? Robert Shaw? Yeah, Robert Shaw's awesome in that movie. Yeah. God. It's okay. <laughs> Brain fart. It happens. It happens to me most moments of my life. Robert uh, Shaw is great in that film, though, Nolan. All right. I think you would I'll have to it. check that one out. Yeah. Sometime. Yeah, Sting's Absolutely. awesome. Okay. Initial thoughts on Major League. Whenever we kind of wanted to, again, do something for opening opening day week mm-hmm. and just celebrate baseball, I kind of thought that you were going to go with something a little bit more highbrow. Moneyball? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a choice. Whenever you said we were doing Major League, I was very excited. I just love this movie. It's yep. funny. It's yeah. I. It's something that this is a movie for a while. I would throw on. I I don't know if anyone else does this, but especially when I was younger, I'd throw stuff on to go to sleep. But I put the sleep on and mm-hmm. just like let mm-hmm. a thing play and fall asleep to it. Major League and Major League Two were movies that I did that with. You know, <laughs> I knew there was a reason we were good friends. I know, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always fun. I, I do that a lot too. Uh, later later in life, I did that a lot with Groundhog Day. Mm. <laughs> love that film as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Major League. I love this movie. Uh, this is a movie that was on just all the time when I was younger on cable TV. Your parents like, like it. My parents, <laughs> yep. Big fans. Uh, obviously, usually just saw the TV version, so it was mostly edited. But um, So it wasn't until a little later that I actually realized all the F-bombs in this movie, which I greatly adore. But uh, yeah, this is, this is a... A favorite comedy, I would say, of mine. It's one that uh, is highly rewatchable, highly enjoyable. Yeah. Stacy? I love this movie. How about this? Best baseball movie ever? I mean, it's up there, I've got to say. I Yeah, it's, I can't say that it's the best. I do think that there are some that are, that are better. Is it, one of, is it one of my personal favorites? Yes. Yeah, it's up there. I, I really like Eight Men Out. Uh, that's oh, one yeah. I quite enjoy. A League of Their Own. League of Their Own is really good. Uh, Major League Two, obviously. Obviously. Very good. On the uh, list. Top five. <laughs> the aforementioned uh, Moneyball. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's a number of others. Uh, Mr. 3000. Bull Durham is good. Bull Durham. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bull Durham is it's, it's a really, really what, Where's the one that Tom Salt goes to Japan? <laughs> Mr. Baseball. Yeah. Mr. Baseball. I think that's I think the name that's of correct. We'll hope. I I haven't seen that in a <laughs> long time. <laughs> uh yeah. Um Bull Durham, I don't know. I kinda wanna go back and re listen to that episode now. You know, Maybe when, that'll be an extra episode. When we did that released. episode, that was I think we did that about probably two years two or three years ago at this point. But um Yeah, maybe that was the first time I'd seen Bull Durham in full. So that was that was a fun experience. It's I enjoyed that Andon. Movie. That's yeah. a good movie. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, we all enjoy this movie, so you want to take us to Noni's notes? Yeah, let's let's go through some of these notes. Uh, so, opening song is a classic, Randy Newman burner. Uh, I love the opening song; it's it's a good time. Cleveland Indians baseball, a laughing stock. By the way, quick side note: uh, all things in context, like I've said, we are going to be saying the Cleveland Indians. I'm hoping not to offend any, offend anyone. 
that is their name. Uh, that's the name they use in the movie, and that is still their uh, name in pro sports. So, but I do you be... have to do the tomahawk chop during your nose? No, I do not. No. So I and just. We also can note that their their logo is. Very... I mean, that's a Braves thing, isn't it? The tomahawk. The tomahawk... Chop? Yes, the tomahawk. Well, chop it's is... also a Chiefs thing. It's a Chiefs, a Braves thing. Uh, but the Indians do do some sort of chant. Yeah. Movement, but uh, but yeah, so. Anyway, well, every time a home run's hit, Euchre says, and that's off the reservation. Yeah, there's some some things said, absolutely. So I just thought I would give everyone a, a heads up on that before I get started here. Well, and we also don't want to overlook something. Absolutely. We should call it out. Yeah. So uh, the Cleveland Indians baseball is a laughing stock. Uh, they have a new owner in town, uh, and it is a villainous lady. Oh, my. Uh, it is funny that... It is a bit progressive that we have a lady owner from the you, 80s. Okay, you say that, but also there's more to cover with that. There is more to cover with that, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, she is uh, played off as a very um, a, a very evil uh, owner. Lou Brown is brought in to manage. Uh, the owner wants to tank the team and uh, move them to Miami. If they play bad enough, they can relocate by have uh, by having under eight hundred thousand fans for the season. Jake Taylor is he's a uh, broken down catcher. Ricky Vaughn, pitcher prospect who's in jail in California. Lou Brown working for an auto shop, I believe. Serrano, a Cuban defector who believes in voodoo. Roger Dorn, high priced third baseman who can't field. And then Willie Mays Hayes, a smooth talking. Dressing outfielder who's very fast but can't hit worth a lick. Uh, we have Harris, an old ass veteran pitcher who uh, has different uh, variations of liquids and creams he has... uh, across his body for pitch pitch movement. So, what he has like. He, he has Crisco. Crisco. Yeah. Vaseline and Vagisil. Vagisil, yeah. Mm -hmm. on, on the body. And whenever he. When they're watching him, he'll uh, just blow his nose and put boogers on it. Yeah. That's right. Use some snot there mm -hmm. for that spin rate. Genius. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> like, him to This, mm -hmm. that locker room scene where he has the Crisco and it's yeah. just a white splotch on his hairy chest. Yeah. Oh. There's some, I mean. It is so gross. There's some great uh, just locker room talk moments. A lot of locker room mm -hmm. talk. Yeah, locker room talk. Absolutely. Oh don't, don't guys, like, I mean, I don't know if they do it anymore, but isn't a more recent thing? Put that shit on your hat. That is a recent thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you can yeah. you just tip your hat, act like you're adjusting. Right. Yeah. Get mm -hmm. your get a little, fingers get all looped fingers. up. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you can get that extra. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh. So again, uh, I guess I went back to Rick again. So California Penal League. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke they use. Uh. Uh. Coach Brown uh, tells Willie Mays, you may run like Mays, but you hit like shit. <laughs> Serrano can't hit the old curveball. Now that leads me to telling a curveball story, if that's all right Absolutely. with everyone. Uh, I played baseball while growing up. Uh, I believe I was in sixth grade on an all-star traveling team. I was pitching. My cousin was catching. Is this Nicholas? Yes. That you so often mentioned yep. on the show. And uh, we were playing at Mickey Owens Ballpark, uh, somewhere outside of, I don't know, it's like Carthage, somewhere. I can't remember. But anyway, um, I shouldn't even mention that because no one knows that where that is. But anyway, somewhere in Missouri. How about that? <laughs> and uh, so I was pitching, and a, I think there was a couple runners on base. We had two outs, and uh, I was I was doing fairly decent. 
we, me and Nick were both feeling pretty good about ourselves. Filling your oats. Filling our oats, absolutely. So, uh, again, Nick was catching. He calls for a curveball. And I was like, all right. I was sixth grade. Like, I didn't have much of a curveball other than there was a loop motion from this pitch. So, Nick tells the batter, here comes the old curveball. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you're not going to do well. Get green. Yep. So I throw the curveball. It's just a straight up hanger. That guy, boom, knocks it out of the park, just over the fence. <laughs> and uh, it was like, I wasn't mad. Like That feels like a I, moment in this movie. Yeah. The thing is, is like, I knew Nick, I could hear Nick say it from the mound, like telling him it was the old curveball. So like, I didn't get mad. I was like laughing. <laughs> Which I'm sure made my coaches very happy. But it was a really good That's moment. just straight up Bull Durham. Yeah. That's so funny. Here comes the old curveball. One of my favorite childhood moments right there. So. Nolan, what was your best pitch? <clears throat> uh, splitter. Mm, yeah. Nasty. So here's the thing. as I got, uh, I never threw fast, by the way. I was never going to be a major leaguer but uh, or a college player for that matter. But uh, I threw slower. on. So I, I knew I didn't throw very hard. I threw slower on purpose the older I got because once you get into high school, uh, they expect, they expect somewhat of a speed. So if you can lower that speed tolerance, you can mess people up. So I also threw a splitter, and that's where you take your pointer finger and your middle finger and you spread it across the two seams of the baseball. And you're basically wanting to put your thumb through those two fingers and when you come down on the ball, you're pushing your thumb through the baseball as you come down. So it has a fastball motion, but what the, the pitch does is it has it dives down. So it looks like it's going to be kind of in the middle of the plate and it dives dives below the knees there. I did really well with that pitch. Sometimes I would sneak a fastball and it would even though it's not fast, it would change speed off. so much where, you know, mess people up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not, I wasn't a great pitcher, but I had my moments. So, uh, anyway, that was my... You were sneaky. That was my pitch of choice. We had creepy. a... <laughs> I was in high school. We had a fun saying. Uh, I was facing a team once, and I before I came in, uh, I was warming up, and uh, the other team was laughing because they saw that I didn't throw very hard. <laughs> The whole bench, they were just like up there laughing. Like ribbing like, you. Yeah, this is going to be great, you know. Yeah. And I ended up doing pretty good. And <laughs> the I think it was their number three batter. He was a left-hander. And he, you know, he was a good player. And out of nowhere, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to mess this guy up. And I probably threw it as hard as I could. Maybe, maybe I touched 65 to 70. Who knows? Ooh. But whatever it was, I blew it past him. And... From that point on, everybody was like, Nolan, bring in the heater. It was a thing, you know, it was really funny. So that was, that was a great moment for me. Nolan, bring so, in the heater. You know, anyway. <laughs> that was good. So that was, anyway, sorry to digress. Those were the stories of uh, my youth there for everybody. Glory days. <laughs> yeah. So back to Major League here. Uh, you trying to tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Shit, Harris. Ah. Jesus. I like him very much. But he no help with curveball. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Okay, Harris, let's not start a holy <laughs> war here. Uh, Rick Vaughn and uh, Roger get into a fight. 
a dust-up, you might say, in the locker room because uh, Dorn tried to... He put a, a red tag in his locker, which usually means you're going to get cut from the team. But Rick actually didn't get cut, so, you know, he was playing a mean joke on him. Willie, Rick, and Jake uh, form a nice little friendship. Uh, Lynn, the one that got away from old Jakey. Renee Russo looks so good in this film. She does. I would say the best she's looked on film, personally. Is, but I have not seen her in all everything. Is this her first, like, big, big movie? Because, like, Lethal Weapon 3 is, what, two years after this? Yeah. Because this is 80, 89? 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, finally, we get introduced to Harry Doyle, a god amongst men. I couldn't read my own writing there. Maybe the greatest broadcaster of all time. Uh, <laughs> Harry Doyle or Euchre? Harry Doyle. Now, quick thing though, Euchre uh, obviously is a has been a broadcaster in real life for the Milwaukee Brewers for a long period of time. He's a great broadcaster. Uh, also, uh, he was quite the character uh, in as he was an actor growing up. He was on Carson Show, I believe, a lot. Uh, so he's very funny. He has a lot of good bits in this. I think like. Probably the one, the funniest thing in the movie is Vaughn throwing it like ten feet, mm-hmm. you know, off the plate, yep. and he's ah, a bit outside, a bit outside. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets me every time. Yeah, it's hilarious. Great. Absolutely. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the off season in his major league debut. I'm gonna light your ass up, meat. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Guzzling down Jack Daniels, obviously. Uh, ball four, ball eight. Vaughn walks the bases loaded on 12 pitches. Stuff there. Rick gets the nickname Wild Thing by the super fans out in the stands. Rick Vaughn's uh, earring game is fire. Rick gets glasses to help him throw strikes. Harris drinks Jobu's rum. Harris pays for it. Gets smoked in the head. <laughs> There's a lot of physical comedy <laughs> in this. I am too, and I I just like I, seeing people get hit. It's absolutely. the funniest thing to me. It is, yeah. I'm a child. Hey, you know what? We all are here. <laughs> Jake lets Roger have it for missing a ball at third base. Uh, he goes to visit Roger's house and, uh, you know, is not happy about uh, him missing a ball at third. That could have cost him a game. Love the passion there. Lynn and Jake pound like yesterday's meat. I really skip over a lot of Lynn and Jake stuff in my notes here, but... There's not Notice. It's not my favorite uh, stuff in the movie. I'll, yeah. You know, uh, love the score. Uh, some classic shit gets my ass grooving. Uh, American Express commercial. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> what? There's not classical music in this, just for the record. Like, what do you mean by that? Classic shit as in, like, uh, cl- uh, classic as in... It feels like just old-timey just, music yeah, score. Yeah, good, good score. Yeah, not yeah. like classical. In the it sense. it, it like makes a, you want to get up and dance. It yeah. feels like a 90s, like early 90s, yeah. late 80s. Yeah, like I'll get into my favorite it's part. It's very but generic. It is. It's, it's grooving. I like it, you know. Okay. American Express commercial knocks it out of the park. I love that little bit. It's a good time. Uh, the winning games montage. There we go. This Now, this, this is my favorite uh, musical moment. Uh, the winning games montage up there with Rocky Four for best sports film use of montage in this man's opinion. That might be a spoiler for me. Wait, wait, wait. The winning game montage? Yeah, so when they, go toward, when they get on their winning streak. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the last game. No, this no. is uh, 
I'm going to do the song bad here. Like so. when they're putting up the newspaper clips yeah. and shit. Yeah, the do, papers. Do, 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 do. Yeah. That is. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it kind of sounds like um, like NES sports video game music. Uh-huh. Yeah, I get that. That's one of my favorite segments in the film. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. It's great stuff. Uh, Roger gets caught cheating on TV, but his wife, uh, Suzanne, Roger's wife, gets back at Roger by sleeping with Rick Vaughn. Rick didn't know who she was. Up go. Yankees versus Indians showdown. The playoffs on the line. Rick comes into the game in the ninth inning to face his nemesis on the Yankees, Mr. Hayward. The song Wild Thing plays as he walks in, uh, walks up to the mound. The whole crowd goes wild singing the song. It's a good time. Uh, Vaughn strikes out Hayward on three straight heaters with the last one hitting 101 mile an hour on the gun. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes gets an infield single, still second. And Jake bunts with Willie breaking for third. Jake beats the throw to first. Willie breaks for home and slides in safely and gets the win for the Indians. And for Cleveland, it's a celebration. I was a little skimpy on the notes today, but I thought, you know, we could have a conversation about some other stuff. So that's the gist of the film, I would say. Nolan, what's your high? Let's go right into it. Obviously, the montage segment, like I just said, is my favorite moment of the movie. Uh, it. It gets me very happy. Um, it gets like it, it's one of those moments. I am not a very nostalgic person, as we've talked about before. I don't need to get into that, but that does have a sense of nostalgia for me because I I've seen this movie so many times. Mm-hmm. So that song uh, really brings a brings you back to a point brings in time. me back, and it's also just like oh man, every time I hear that, I'm just like automatically just in a good mood right there. So mm-hmm. like just feeling that. So that that's probably my high point. I'll go with my other high just I'm kind of cheating here like I tend to do, but uh, the moment Bob Uecker steps into uh, the film is uh, a great moment because he's a much added, needed added voice to the film, and he's mm-hmm. there throughout. Who who else could you get for that time period? It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so Oh, yeah, he's, he's perfect. perfect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melanie. Okay, so my high is also probably the montage segment. I've j- it's really good. Mm-hmm. All of the, even at the beginning, all of the newspaper headings, like headlines, it's very funny. But for me personally, I have a weird high where, big nostalgia moment. So my dad, he does, he's not a big movie buff, but he he would watch stuff with me constantly. My parents were divorced, so whenever I would go see him on weekends... We would, like, if we couldn't go out and do something, we would watch movies. And this, for whatever reason, is a movie he really liked. My dad was never into baseball, does not <laughs> care about the sport, but he really liked this movie for whatever reason. He loved this one and the second one, because they would play... There was a station that would play them back-to-back a lot. I don't know if mm-hmm. it was TBS or what station yeah. it was, but they, they played a lot. So I just... <laughs> I have a memory of my dad... Like, the way his house was set up there, he had a big TV in the living room, and the kitchen kind of was just, like, to the back of the of the house, but, like, you could see the living room still. Mm-hmm. So, even though it was a ways back, so he was kind of far away, 
but I could hear him making dinner. And whenever at the end where they play Wild Thing when Vaughn's coming out, he just was like, wow, thing. Like, just, like, <laughs> dancing around the kitchen to himself. Like, he had no idea that anyone could see him. Because my dad is also not a singer. So I remember very vividly, like, watching and, like, whatever in my own head. Like, and then I hear something in the back. And I just turn and my dad is dancing, singing Wild Thing. And I was like, wow. <laughs> just amazing. So that's, like, every time the I get to that point in the film, I always think of that. I can... I don't know your dad, great, but I know him a little, and I could, I can envision he's that. And I love it. He's such a funny person. Yeah, my dad is very funny. Love that he's a lot. A, he's a tiny little man, but he he gets it, you know. Stacey? Stacey, yes. For me, I think the high is the third act, making the third act the final game. Because a master stroke of writing everything that they do in that game, I think it's one of the best final games in a movie about sports because it's engaging mm -hmm. like you keep up with the action of the game and throughout the action of the game they pay off every single character moment no matter how big or small every character it's is treated so kindly yeah. and like it's like everything is wrapped up it, i think it's just such a a really tight piece of writing and yeah, like I said, I, I think it's... And sports movies are always fun to watch. And you always want to watch, like, the final game of the sports film. And I think, like, this one, you know, you can keep up with the action very well and, like, get invested in the game itself. I know that sounds dumb because it's a movie. Like, there's no well, s stakes. Well, especially in this, the games aren't a big focus because you are... It's a comedy, so you're focused on your characters. It's not necessarily... But they play a lot of baseball in do. this movie. They like, do. it is... But that final game, mm -hmm. you can get very engaged in in the the storytelling of the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, which I, is impressive for this type of film. Well, yeah, just the the rewarding like character writing that's going on yep. during this. Everything is paid off. It is it is so good. If you want to learn how to like write good characters, like watch this movie. The third act payoff very good. Yeah, one thing I really uh, like as well with that end is. You know, you think a lot of movies that would do this, they would have to go into the playoffs. What I like here is that it's a last game of the season to get them into the playoffs. We don't know how they do in the playoffs. But it doesn't matter. We don't need to know. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, it's Cleveland. They made it to the playoffs for the first time in a very years. long time. So it's a big moment for the city and the well, team. Well, and, and the team now, they can't be relocated because right. you're in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You're making mm -hmm. money. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, for a little side note, since Nolan cheated a little bit, I think the segments, they put them out throughout the film where you get the groupings of the fans. And, like, you know, the very beginning of the movie, it's like, I don't know how we're going to be this year. And oh, these guys fucking suck. And then the, the Japanese, uh, the people who tend to the um, the grounds. Yeah, the, the, the groundskeepers that are mm -hmm. painting all ah, the... Ah, they're shit. Mm -hmm. They're still mm -hmm. shitty. Mm -hmm. I like that they're finally at the end they're cheering, but they everyone else is like, oh man, these guys are getting pretty good. They're doing okay. They're shit. There's no oh, and the, and the yeah. guys in the stand, it's like they're with their mom, and it's like, ah, oh, it's too high. What do you mean it was too high? It was too far. Just the trajectory, and mm -hmm. I went and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that mm -hmm. discussion. It goes on for way too long. It's really funny. <laughs> but that's like how sports fans I talk know. about shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Because that's yeah. the type of thing where they would go home and still be talking about it. Yeah. Sports fans. Yeah, lots of good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So are we getting into the next categories? Well, what's low? Okay, I'll, I have a feeling like probably all of us will be close to the same thing. So for my low, I, I'll, the relationship I, I don't care about between Jake and uh, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn. Um, the, the low point for me is when he goes to visit her. Uh, which, which he thinks is her apartment, and it turns out to be her uh, fiance's at the time Tom's. apartment, Tom's apartment. Her douchey fiance. Yeah, that's and a lawyer. Uh, there's a group of people there that uh, just want to have sex with him. Yeah, like everybody, they, maybe even the guys. Yeah, they're all giving him eyes. That's for sure. Just because he's a baseball player, I guess. Uh, but um, well, uh, it's so it's a weird scene because they act that like, oh, you're a baseball player, like. Oh, you you drive around and collect garbage for a living, <laughs> right? Like oh. you're you're the trash man. It's like look down on him because he's a professional athlete. But they or all like but... it's her fiance that's acting like that. But like yeah, everyone else there, I think wants to fuck him. The lady that's giving him the most eyes, she's like, "So are you one of the better players? How much money do you make? I make the league minimum, <laughs> I, I which is more he... than that lawyer probably makes." Yeah, I do love the way he says that though. Because she's like, so how much do you make? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I make the league. The minimum. league minimum. <laughs> the way he says it's really funny. And even when she, he says, she's still kind of into it. She's oh, like, no. She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it was almost kind of like a weird fantasy where she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're a garbage man. Like, you're okay, no, look, mm-hmm. Isn't it like veteran minimum right now, like 500000 Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a good amount of money. It, it's kind of funny in the movie that they... The way they treat Jake, and I, I'm sh- like, look, it's the 80s, it was less, but it's still a good salary. So, like, he's driving around like an old beat up piece of junk car. <laughs> it's like, right. he's a major leaguer. <laughs> yeah. No. So, it is a bit. Well, he was in the Mexican League for three years before right. that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Maybe he didn't save his money from his Boston All Star days. Yeah, that's possible, you know. But, uh, Anyway, just that that whole scene uh, I I find to be a bit of a clunker, and uh, the fact that n- none of that really means anything. It doesn't bother me to my enjoyment of the film at all. It's just a clunker of a scene, a little bit. Yeah, for me, it's it's the relationship for sure. And it, not even I'm fine with it being there because I do like the end. I like mm-hmm. him seeing her because sure. everything is so nicely buttoned up, and he's kind of the last one to get resolution and. It's it's nice, but they almost make him irredeemable as, like, he was such a shitty boyfriend. The story about her planning a surprise birthday party for him, and while, like, they're waiting for him to come, he never showed up for it, but during the wait, there's a knock at the door, so they all hide and, you know, getting ready to jump out at him, and it was a lawyer or someone serving papers for a paternity mm-hmm. suit that he needed to come like, take a blood test to see if he was the father of this. And he was like, that was just a rumor. That was a hoax. She just wanted money. And she's like, or she was like, but you had been with her. It's like, (laughs) and then constantly, like, he just cheated on her all the time. And he's like, hey, I was a different guy back then, babe. Like, it's so douchey. And he's such a likable character otherwise. Yeah, they're both. And here's the thing. I think, like, 80s and 90s comedies just have, like, a different outview on... Like, Monogamy. the sexes. Yeah. And, yeah, he... If you look at, like, the way that that relationship is, like, he is a shit heel. 
And she's well, kind she's, of oh, she's stupid too. too. No, she's like she worst. leaves her fiance to get back with this shit heel. Yeah, she this the, that is such a she's dating. Not that it matters about status or anything, but she's like dating a guy who was being very territorial of her. Obviously, like he seemed like a douchebag too. Like she went with like a rich lawyer because that was more secure. Whatever. She has and bad taste. She's got bad taste in guys. But I just, that is one section I don't like, Where which maybe, you know, I knew a lot of guys that I liked, but they were terrible to their girlfriends, so, you know, maybe that's just a thing Look, that happens. Baseball players are sexy. Tom Berenger is sexy in this film, you know? He's got those knees that don't work. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> is this the sexiest that Berenger's been? I mean, for, for me, you. absolutely. I would agree with that. Now, I was, Isn't he in, like, Fierce City? Yeah. He is. Uh, we're talking to a man in baseball uniform here, though. Okay. Okay. That gets more and more. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I will say, like, while their relationship is not my favorite, I, I don't, like, it doesn't bother me oh, in this movie. Oh, it doesn't, like, thinking of my categories for this one, I was having a really hard time coming up with a low, and it wasn't until we were yeah. fully done with the film that I was just like, I mean, I guess that is, like, the worst point, yeah. but I still, I don't yeah. want anything to be taken out of right. the film. Right. The way I look at it is, like, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't add anything to the film, in my opinion. I think it's the but weakest it, part. But it doesn't bother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stacy. I, I agree. But just to be contrarian, I guess, like, for the low, I think in that last game, Jake, you know, our boy, batting in the two spot, he needs to take that pitch. You think he should have got... They threw it inside on him. He dove under it. He, he needed to take that for the team. You bring Dorn up to bat, who's a better hitter. Like they sh- set a stat line, you like in the eighties. Sacrifice his body for this. Okay, that's the right thing to do. Now, because then you have two men on base. I get your point, but isn't the outcome the same? Sustainable. But here's the thing: <laughs> we're talking about outcome. Lou Brown, he's that classic manager. In the first game, Hayes, he makes that great basket catch. He, he like goes that. back to the, the dugout. Brown's like, that is a great catch. Don't ever do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You let him have you it. You know what? We haven't talked about Wesley Snipes enough. That's true. We haven't talked about Coach Brown enough. That's true. Great coach. I would have played for him. I would have played hard for him. Okay, so let me ask you this. Who's your favorite player on the team? Nolan, who's your favorite player? Rick Vaughn. Rick Vaughn? Yeah. Okay, so Rick Vaughn's role at the beginning of the season... He's coming out of the bullpen to loosen up the arm, right? Like, yeah. that's the assumption. Yeah. And we assume by midseason he's taken a rotation spot. Yep. But then they use him, like, in that, you know, because you see this all the time, like, in playoffs or playoff scenarios yeah, gets, where you bring in the starter. When it gets down to, like, the big games, anybody will do anything for their team to get right. win, you know? So Vaughn is your favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the jersey you're wearing. Absolutely. And it's the haircut I'm getting. You, you're going to get one of those black tees, wild thing, you make my heart sing. I'd get one of those. I'd get the zigzags back there in the hair. I'd yeah. get the earring. Like, I already have some long dangles, but his... What per- about those glasses where he... So yeah, I dig that, too. Where he has to get yeah. glasses because he keeps, mm-hmm. like, almost murdering yeah. people and signs and Wasn't there a reliever that wore really goofy glasses like that? Like... There was. About 15 years ago? Yeah, he was Gagne for the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he have daggers Those, and full no, crossbones? No, he didn't. Which, look. <laughs> Weren't they almost like fucking goggles? He was. Yeah, they were <laughs> goggles. But Vaughn's glasses are sick. You know, yeah. I'd be all he about that. He looks, legitimately, I'm not like a big, uh, Charlie Sheen's fine. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's fine. But 
him with the glasses and the turtleneck at the end. He's yeah. like a, I don't know, a sexy little baseball librarian. Yeah, this, I would down. say, like, in general, this is one of his better looks in a film, he does too. He, he, it does it for you. Yeah. He's got the earrings. Absolutely. He just looks I'm nice. down for that look, like, his casual look. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Mel, who's your favorite player on the team? Probably Serrano. Serrano? I, it's, nice. he... You, you like that Jobu Juju? I do, it, like, I guess that's, like, very much for me being a little kid, but I always thought he was the funniest, and his, my comedy make him laugh is a Serrano moment, because nice. it, it makes me laugh. You, you like that cleanup hitter, mm-hmm. you like that power guy, Nolan was kind of shitting, we were talking about it, he was shitting on his power... Saying that he was like a 20 homer guy. Like, well, he's a that's powerful fair. man, but oh, he can't hit a curveball. I'm, I'm just telling you, I mean, obviously if I was a fan, if I was just a fan out in the stands, not, you know, I don't have insight into their inner sanctum of can baseball, I, I would say Vaughn, I would also be wearing a Vaughn jersey. Can I ask you a serious baseball question here? Sure. That half the audience will give a shit about. <laughs> but if you couldn't hit a curveball in major leagues, would you not... Throw someone just a curve. Like, you would only throw a curveball to them. Yeah, but people are so, stupid. Yes, but at a point, you're going to learn. Okay, Nolan, <laughs> hold on. Do we think Serrano is one of the top home run hitters in the league? This is a team that won 92 games, right? He's their cleanup hitter. They've showed how much power he has, right? Now, we already know that the first baseman for the Yankees hit, what, 42 home runs, right? Okay. So 1989, you have 10 batters that hit 30 home runs or more. Okay. In real life. Okay. Serrano's got to be one of them, right? No. In fake life? <laughs> he did not hit 40 home runs. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Over 30. I'm I'm sticking by 20 to 25. You're not getting, getting me past this line. Jack Clark was a great home run hitter for the Cardinals in the 80s. I don't believe he ever hit more than 25 or in the 20s. I'm going to go with Hayes because you guys, you know, you're you're giving no love to Wesley Snipes. I well, brought up there. She did want to talk about Wesley Snipes. He probably had, what, like 50 steals on the season? He is incredibly I'm sure, yeah. funny in this film. He, he is. I'm, with his speed, do we think that he, he batted, really. did he bat over, like, what, 290? He popped way too many up. I'm going to say he batted 260. But he was the type that stole every time he was on. So he probably got 80 steals in the 80s. I'm saying he's that Vince Coleman type. I'm just going with Cardinal references because I know who I'm, because that's who I cheer for. So I'm sorry for everyone out there. But, you know, I'm saying a 260-ish hitter, 80 steals, big time player. But watching this film is, like, Snipes is the one that you're like, that kid's a star. Absolutely. He's so damn good. Mm -hmm. He's so funny. Very charismatic. He looks great. The mm-hmm. most athletic person in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like He's he... killing it. The way he plays, you believe that's the way he would play. Absolutely. Let me ask you guys this. Mm-hmm. Who is the best film athlete? Who do you got as the best? Melanie. <laughs> Rocky? I mean, that's the right answer. (laughs) No! What do you mean, no? Okay, listen, Rocky... Did you see him beat Yvonne Drago? That was an exhibition (laughs) match. That's not even on the record. He saved America. Oh, hold on. He did save America. I thought there'd be more discourse. I mean, my answer would be Apollo Creed. Okay, okay. By the time... He was killed by Yvonne Drago. 
in an exhibition match. Spoiler it doesn't go Rocky on his record. That's not he on his still record. Died. Yeah, you can't be mad. Like, he was killed. That doesn't mean that he's a bad athlete. Rocky won, Apollo died against the same human being. <laughs> In an exhibition, it didn't count. I don't know what to do for you. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so Rocky, by the time Wait, he gets- Wait, why are we debating this? We all, all of us love Creed and we love Rocky. But I of us went up against Nolan Ryan. Say, I strike out. You get a hit off of him. I would say you're better. Or lucky. You still got a hit. I mean, in that analogy, you would have to, like, get hit in the head and die. And then he comes up. Nolan, did you take it as stats? I don't know what the hell Rocky's record is, nor do I care. Yeah. But all I know is he wins. Except in the first one. <laughs> well, and, like, the first fight to Clover Lang. That doesn't matter. And I mean, he lost the title. He wins. And by the he time he fights for oh. America, mm -hmm. so and Mickey was setting up paper champion or paper, you know, opponents what? for him to protect him. I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't going deep into this. Creed. Okay, let's do some make him laugh moment. My make him laugh is Serrano whenever he goes up and takes the golf club koozie thing, whatever ah, it's yes. called, and mm -hmm. he goes hats for bats. It's true. That's a great moment. <laughs> Hats for bats. Yeah? What's your handicap? Keep bats warm. Glasses. What? Whoa, amigo, I, uh, you can't just. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. He puts the hat on his bat. You know what's great too is. What do you call those? Why do golf clubs have them? Yeah, uh, some those little furry things. Little that covers. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're called either, uh, and I don't know why they're used. Is it to protect the club from the elements since you're golfing in it all is, sorts of weather? That is possible. But like most of the time, people don't put them on. Like they only have them on one thing. Yeah. Like they're not usually covering all of their. Golf clubs. Also, you know what uh, is really funny about that is he continues to use it throughout the season. And like the last game of the year, when he get, comes up the bat, you see him take it off the bat. The he, bat boy, like, yeah. mm -hmm. catches it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I love that it's... It is really good. That's for bats. Keeps bats warm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Stacy? Uh, I mean, all the Euchre stuff. Like, that stuff gets me the he, bit outside. How much alcohol does he consume during... <laughs> That the first like couple of bad bad games. They have a bottle of Jack up there every single game, and it's new. Yeah, I I assume that they drink a bottle a night, right? I would think so. Or at and least at one point, yeah, at one point he's drinking those fruity cocktails yeah. from the bar. Mm -hmm. He's got a bunch of cups and a Miller Light and the Jack Daniels. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's so gross. That's good. So I'm gonna go for. A moment that is maybe not, I wouldn't say quote unquote that makes me laugh the most, but it's something that makes me giggle, but in a way. But I love uh, when Willie Mays Hayes, he comes to spring training unannounced and uninvited, but they're like, all right, whatever. So the first night he sleeps in the dorm with everybody. There's a group of security officers that goes and removes his bunk 
from he's sleeping on the top the bunk, camp. and they just, yep, they just lift, it lift up. him and take him and while put him outside sleeping. while sleeping. Shit! I've been cut already? He jumps out of bed and blows everybody away. He's like, you made the team. But yeah, I, I just love the fact that those officers just remove his bed without waking him. But they just put him outside. Him. Yeah. yeah. It's a funny film. Good times. Let's talk real quick about our uh, our villain here, uh, the owner. I'm going to forget her name. Give me a second, Rachel? please. Yes. Ma- uh, Margaret Witten, uh, who is uh, Rachel Phelps. Here, I'm yeah, sorry. so she inherits this baseball team because her husband has died and left it to her. Yes. And her whole plan, her evil evil villainy, she's setting it up to where they're going to be so terrible that she can then get the, what do you even call that? Like the... They want him, she wants him to tank, basically. So... Who would be in charge of that, though? Of deciding where a team's located? That would be the owner. But in general, it's the, she would have to convince the the commissioner's commissioner's office. Commissioner's office. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was like, why can't making of that word right now? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like she's her whole plan is if she makes them super sucky, she can go down yeah. and she's going to, basically, she just is going to get a country club. She's going to be at a country club. Yeah. That's it. The motivation mm-hmm. might be wrong, but is she an innovator in the game? It's possible. Because tanking has proven to work for the Astros and the Cubs. That's true. It backfired on her greatly. It's interesting, since since it backfired so bad. There was a team full of misfits that won. So how good are the Indians going to be for years to come? We don't know. But I do like that progressively as the film goes on, she wears more and more like mourning attire mm-hmm. because yep. her husband has just died, but right. she's in very bright clothes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of florals and yep. very hoity-toity. As it goes on, she starts wearing a lot of hats yep. with veils. and She does. She's very depressed yep. because they're doing so well. Even yep. though she tried... She took their shitty plane from them. Yep. She took their shitty bus and made it worse. Mm-hmm. Just so many things. Starts taking away uh, some of their uh, amenities. They amenities, get their, the hot water, their hot tubs, or their whirlpools, things yeah. like that. They've got to get a, a boat. Motor. There's a very uh, funny scene where she comes into the locker room in the middle of the film, unannounced. Unannounced. Um, Men are naked in the locker room. Coach Brown, he's got nothing on. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. I love just folding the arms. Do yeah. you think you should put something on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm too old to jump in a locker. Yeah. And it's funny. She like goes around like the room as she's talking and like kind of just sexually assaults all the players. She, all the players. She. I think the best one is she goes up to Serrano, who's in like a jock jock strap. Yep. And she just smacks his butt. She gets it That's hard. Like, and he's a he's such a large man. It's true. Yeah. She likes what she's seeing though. It's, and. uh... Also, towards uh, when they start uh, realizing, or basically when Coach Brown tells them what her plan is, that she wants to move them. the GM that she was kind of a co-conspirator with, and he's kind of He comes clean. Yeah, he's just going Mm -hmm. with it. He goes up to Coach Brown and spills those beans. Spills the beans. So he tells the team, and it's kind of a, a little gimmick, fun thing for them, where they... Get a replica of her. So a nice big cardboard cutout, life cardboard size. Cutter, cut out, yep. And uh, it has pieces that are covering all of her body, and it's in her clothing. I assume they're like mag- it's some sort of magnet or something, but she's got... Yep. How many games do they have to 32. win? 32. Yep. 32. So there's 32 mm-hmm. segments of this yep. 
jigsaw attire that she is wearing. Yep. Every time we win, we peel a section. Classic <laughs> locker room talk right there. It is. Yep. That is some real locker room talk. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, just just wanted to talk about her character a little bit. It's kind of a strange one in this movie. I don't know how I feel about her in general or about the characterization of her. But, uh, you know, I don't know. you have any feelings? I think at the beginning, the news line of the paper that she has, because she, she comes into mm-hmm. the boardroom of the team's management at the time and... Her husband was super rich. He owned this baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever Mr. Phelps died and his showgirl wife yeah. takes over. You have to imagine he was quite a bit older. She's right. a gold digger. Sure. So she was a stripper at one point, we would assume. Mm-hmm. We here at Cinema Parlor uh, respect our sex workers. Sex work is real work. We don't have to defend her character mm-hmm. because she was kind of a shit pig. That's true. If we're being eloquent about it. So, uh, do you guys have anything more you want to say about uh, Major League? It's a great film from a great year of films. I do have a Mary Fuck Kill if you guys oh, absolutely. would like to. I always forget. Mary Fuck Kill, Harris, the pitcher, mm. Dorn, third baseman, or Brown, Coach Brown. I will marry Dorn. Hold on. Wow. Let me think about this. Yeah, you want me to should. go first? No, yeah, okay. okay. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, I am going to marry Dorn. I'm not judging your choices. He's got a lot of money. He's got stuff on the horizon. He's got a nice It seems house. like he's got like that kind of open relationship. They just have revenge fucks all the time, it seems. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to fuck Coach Brown. <laughs> He's a free spirit. Just saying that just really got to me right there. <laughs> He's a free spirit. Okay. I like his style. Okay. And I bet his mustache will tickle. Delightful. I'm going to kill Harris. Yeah. Because, I mean. He's going to be so greasy. Well, and it's like, you know. It'd be hard to catch him even. <laughs> you just set me up perfectly. He's just real rough. Okay. I think I know what yours is. Go ahead, Nolan. Well, <laughs> I'm marrying Coach Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, I, I'm going to spend my life with that guy. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to work in the auto shop together after baseball's done. I don't know anything about auto. You don't think he wins, like, manager of the year? Well, I'm saying when it's done. I'm not saying he's retiring right away. But, uh, you know. He's up there in years. He's going to have He's to, getting up there. He's going to have to retire. I feel uh, stable and that he's got a second career already lined out and ready. And uh, you know what? He's just, uh, he's a joyous man. I'm effing Harris. You talked about so, his lubed up body. That's, so that is very uh, less work. Easy. Yes. Uh, so I mean, I mean, it's it's already there. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's always there. So at yeah. any point, you mm-hmm. can just, yeah. just remove that shirt and rub your hand yeah. and you're good to go. You know, the thing about Harris is he's, he's a guy that is rough around the edges and at the beginning of our relationship, we might, well, our one night relationship, we might have a rough start, mm-hmm. but by the end, I feel like he comes around to things. So I think he's going to be into maybe some ideas in bed or, you know, I'm like just, he might not even want to hook up initially. But that's then, true. Yeah. Like you're so charming. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's going to be like, I am interested in yeah. this. And then mm-hmm. he's going to be like, but just like, 
Yeah. Just hand stuff. Yeah. But then you're just going to... You, you, you talk mm-hmm. your way into it. Mm-hmm. Things might go a certain way. Yeah. And then lastly, I'm going to kill Roger Dorn. I, I, uh, I'm i not a big fan of Roger. You know, he's not a team player. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he tries to become that somewhat towards the end, you which I respect. Of, you kind of have a feeling that almost he's like a cohort of mm-hmm. Rachel for a bit because of the way right. he... Yeah. You know, I feel like the movie sets it up for that. It does. Because yeah. he... It does seem like he purposely misses the ball. Yeah. Let's it slip a couple times. Yep. And then I it's don't true. know. It's he he is so worried about money, so you think yeah, he's he like, I don't off. I don't wanna hurt my body here. Yeah. You know? The face, yeah. the money maker. Yeah. So you know, Roger, you know, I'm I'm not down with you, man. Yeah. So that's me. Melanie. I find Roger and Harris both super disgusting. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Coach Brown. Because that is the, I think that's the choice. I think he's so delightful. I love his voice. He's so husky. Mm-hmm. Um, confident. Jovial all, man. Yeah. He's very happy. Just says it like it is. That's I really true. like a straightforward personality. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, no mind games there. Great relationship, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, although it seems like he is single in the film. That's true. You never, he I mean, if he has an interest, you've never seen. Yeah. So, or Mister, for that matter, we don't right. know. But uh, I guess, I guess I find Dorn a little less gross than Harris. So I guess I would sleep with Dorn. That's fair. I'm still not gonna like it. Yeah. But it, maybe if we're at his house, like mm-hmm. it seemed like they had a pretty sweet setup. He probably has a pool. Yeah. So at least I can, you know, do yeah. some laps there. I'm gonna. Bust and eat all of his <laughs> snacks and drink his wine. Right, maybe take advantage of him for yeah. a little bit. Oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would do that for sure. And just live that hot life. Yeah, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not touching Harris. I'm gonna kill him. Harris is done. He's I hit so... it and quit it with Dorn. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's I mean, Harris good. looks like he's like a cheeseburger away from death. Anyways, <laughs> we're really not doing that much. I love. It. Side note, like I, I love the way. He pitches in this movie. It's, it's so ugly. <laughs> like Charlie Sheen actually looks like he can throw a he ball. Does, yeah. Like Harris does not look athletic at all. Yeah, like think... his pitching he, is... his body. I don't have problem with body hair, but <laughs> that is so much body hair, and there is so much Crisco mm-hmm. in those whiskers. Yeah, it is so upsetting. Mm-hmm. I don't. The idea of like just. A really gross side note, I did ceramics in school, so I did a lot of, like, I had an independent study ceramics class where we'd just go in and you could do projects, like, whatever you wanted on your own time. They weren't assigned to you. Or you could do, like, prep work for our teacher and get credit. So there's a thing called a slurry bucket, which that is where you take old pieces of clay or old projects that didn't work out that weren't fired in the kiln yet. You break them up and you put them in a bucket with water and it creates this slurry. It's this clay water. Yeah. And you use that for doing different, like you can use slurry to like do different etchings and stuff on pots yeah. um, to give them a three-dimensional uh, like finish and stuff. The nastiest thing about the slurry bucket is there were always clumps of hair in it. And I feel like that's Harris's <laughs> chest. It's just a giant slurry bucket. Uh-huh. Gross. Where you're just going to put your fingers and random hair is going to get entangled into your knuckles. A, a real gnarly mess yeah. up in there. That's so, honestly, every time I see that Crisco, I just think of that slurry bucket and it makes me want to die. 
That's great. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for the visual yeah. that you have, but it, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. But this is a great movie. I feel like even if you're not into baseball, you should definitely watch it if you haven't. It's so funny. Yeah. It, it's, it's so good. It really is. And like to Stacey's point, it's very tight. It's very well written. Yep. Even, I, again, I had a hard time coming up with a, a low because the relationship doesn't hurt anything for me. It's just it's the weakest part of the story. Yep. So. It's great cool. film. Uh, great comedy. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed talking about it with you guys. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Well, with that being said... We'll be back in a few weeks uh, for a special episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can find us in the meantime at Cinema Parlor on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, You can also find our podcast on iTunes, our pod center, on uh, Spotify, on SoundCloud, anywhere you get your uh, podcasting. You can find me personally at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Esclover84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. And uh, Melanie, we thank you for uh, editing the show, running the show. Uh, As I said uh, last episode, uh, if anyone is inclined to leave us a review, I will uh, read it on air. So The review? What did did so bad? I don't care if it is... A good review, a bad review, a vulgar vulgar review. Now, as long as there's not like slurs, Those right? In general, but if you leave us a, a review that I feel comfortable reading, I will read it. Nolan, what if I write a review about you? Will you read it? I I can do that. Ooh, I like that. The mm-hmm. idea of someone actually—I mean, that's horrifying. But right? not reviewing the show, but reviewing us as personalities—that's mm-hmm. uh-huh. depression. Yeah, wow. absolutely. You know, give us give us some ratings and reviews if uh, you. Feel like it. We will accept it. So this has been a good episode, guys. And uh, we will talk to everyone sometime in the near future. Goodbye. Play ball! Vaughn kicks, fires. Here is a swing and a drive toward left field and deep. Oh, boy. No way. No way. Too high. Too high. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run for Haywood. If I could strike anyway. Where you going? Too high? What does that mean, too high? Too high. So Vaughn is off to a rocky start as Haywood clears the bases with one swing. Not too high. Too hard. First, it was really high. Who gives a shit? It's gone. Friend by the name of Joe said to Coney Isle, dear, we'll go. Then Nellie started to fret and pout, and to him I heard her shout, Hey, take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd, buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back, let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Cause it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old.